Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 14th of February. It's Valentine's Day. Emma knows if ever I produce flowers on Valentine's Day to call a lawyer. This is the Marcus Today members podcast. General advice only. Don't confuse it with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. And no massacre here today. Our market, in fact, is doing rather well. We've been up 59 points, although we're just wilting into midday down 30 points from there. We're up 28 at the moment. Still, we'll take that. We were down 17 yesterday and the market has been losing momentum recently. So happy to see it not accelerate away. Of course, everything's on hold ahead of the US CPI number tonight. You shouldn't be doing anything too brave. US markets looking all right. It's obviously had a huge rally this year so far, but there are a few strategists now saying the rally has run its course and Credit Suisse is out with a bit of research at the moment saying that the earnings season, which I think 350-odd companies have reported in the US out of 500 S&P 500 companies, so we're a large part of the way through, but Credit Suisse pointing out that earnings will be down on average in the fourth quarter of last year after this results season and that they expect earnings to drop again in the first quarter and again in the second quarter. And I would just tell you that it is very hard for an equity market to make progress or a bull market to establish itself unless earnings are growing. And that is why the market goes up 80% of the time, because an index represents the combined human effort of 500 companies to constantly improve their earnings, which of course they generally succeed in doing. So if we do get a period of falling earnings, it is very hard for the market to make progress because the PE goes up without the E going up. The PE goes up because the E goes down. So they may have a point anyway. For the moment, the US market has still found a new uptrend. It has broken the downtrend. And whilst we have paused in the last week or so, it is looking technically okay. Ahead of that CPI number, the market doesn't know what to do. Dow Jones futures down 25, NASDAQ futures down 16. In other words, everything's on hold ahead of the CPI number. And just so you know what to expect there, we're looking for a headline inflation number of 6.2% and a core CPI number of 5.5%. And those are down from 6.5% of 5.7%. Interesting that Wall Street rallies 377 points and closes on its high ahead of the CPI number. They're obviously anticipating an okay outcome. And it should show the seventh month of drops in inflation. So we wait to see what happens there. Now, the other feature today worth noting is this results season is becoming a dangerous time in the market. So Temple and Webster down 11% today, Ansel down 8.7. Ansel is not a small company, down 8.7% on results. James Hardy down 6.6% on results. Breville down 4.9%. And on the other end, Sims Group up 6.9%. Challenger up 4%. SG Fleet, SGF up 7%. At the end of the day, the results season is becoming a bit of a risk to be avoided rather than something to be looked 
look forward to. When you see these polarized price reactions, you begin to realize just how dangerous it is. It's a lot easier to avoid or not to make money than it is to wear an actual loss. So some of you might think about doing what we used to do in the fund, which was when we were holding small mid-cap companies, we would sell them ahead of the results season to avoid the results season. And then once the results are out of the way, we know the stock's de-risked itself for three to six months. We can buy it in possession of all the facts and having read a bit of the research. And the truth of the matter is big jumps on results can start up trends and big drops on results are not buying opportunities at all. It's very hard for people not to see them as buying opportunities, but they're not buying opportunities at all. They're opportunities to spot the companies you don't want to be holding. Spikes in share prices start up trends. Big drops in share prices start downtrends. So if you wait until after results, your odds are best by buying the companies that jump on results and you get the dividends as well. And they've de-risked themselves for three to six months and you've avoided taking the risk of a punishing disaster. The market does punish companies that come in with a disappointment far more than they reward them for doing something better than expected. So today is a good example of how dangerous the result season is as share prices either spike or collapse on the back of their results. There are, of course, a load of results tomorrow as well. CBA, Fortescue, Wes Farmers, Cochlear, TWE. The other thing to know about results season is most of the big stocks manage expectations very well. So the risk is smaller in larger stocks. So Commonwealth Bank should be okay tomorrow. Fortescue is a bit prone to the iron ore price, but that's been good in the last quarter. But there shouldn't be too many shocks from the big stocks like CBA. Telstra's got results on Thursday. NAB's got a quarterly update tomorrow as well, by the way. Anyway, just an observation on the results season, which we are hard into now. We've got jobs numbers on Thursday. Philip Lowe makes a speech on Friday. The gold sector will be hanging on the CPI numbers tonight. A high number will see bond yields rise and gold fall. A low number will see bond yields fall and gold rise. I notice in the technical scans, a lot of gold stocks are looking short-term oversold. So it might be an opportunity if the number comes in below expectations. Notice Bitcoin down about 10% in a week. There is a number of, or there are a number of articles on the news wires about cryptocurrencies seeing much more regulation. The New York Department of Financial services, for instance, has put out a consumer alert telling people not to or telling Binance not to issue any more stable coins because they've got concerns over the oversight of their platform, all part of the maturing of cryptocurrencies. And you wouldn't want to be a balloon at the moment. Did you see the US shot down three objects that do not necessarily resemble balloons at the weekend? One was cylindrical, another octagonal, anything in American airspace getting shot down. So watch yourselves and the Chinese saying they've made 10 illegal, the US has made 10 illegal high altitude balloon flights over China since 2021 and they didn't shoot any of those down. Anyway, inflation or deflation? We'll find out tonight. In the strategy portfolio, I've made no changes. We're sitting with 10% cash at the moment, having sold our gold ETF, which I now notice is oversold in the scans. And just as a bit of an eye opener for some of you, I've put up relative charts of everything we hold in the strategy portfolio. That means the performance of the ETFs we hold relative to the ASX 200. The truth of the matter is, is for an easy life, you could just buy an ASX 200 ETF and not bother with anything else. And these charts tell you whether it's been worth buying 
buying any of these other ETFs as opposed to just holding, say, the A200 or STW or VAS, ASX200 ETFs. And you'll see that the US markets are now outperforming the ASX200 only in the last month. Our small companies ETFs doing nothing. Our REITs ETFs been doing well. Our resources ETF is going sideways. Having had a good rally earlier last year, we basically bought into the resources sector a little bit late. But this is how fund managers see what they invest in. Their game is to outperform the market, outperform their competitors. So they look at relative performance, not actual performance. And that's why all the brokers are putting out research, which is not targeted at you. It's targeted at institutional fund managers with recommendations that say things like outperform, underperform, neutral. These are based or these are targeted at fund managers who need to know whether a stock will outperform. To tell you a story about outperformance, I once went to lunch with a gold analyst at National Mutual, must have been 20 years ago now, and gold had had a terrible year and he'd come out of the industry a year before, probably because gold was having a terrible time, and gone to a fund manager to run their gold equities. And he had his salary review just before our Christmas lunch. And he came to our Christmas lunch and said, let's get the champagne. You would not believe it. They gave me a bonus. And he said, I have lost people millions, literally millions this year holding gold stocks. And my bosses told me what a fabulous job I'd done because I had outperformed and they gave me a bonus. And so there is a man out of the industry, out of the real world, going into the funds management world. And after a year of tearing up millions of dollars of investors' money, suddenly found he had done rather well in the eyes of his superiors. Or were they superior? I don't know. Anyway, a good Christmas lunch was had by all. But that's the way fund managers look at things, things from a relative point of view. So today I've just done that for you. Because if we can't pick themes and ETFs that are going to outperform the ASX 200, we might as well just sit in the ASX 200, save ourselves a lot of time and bother. And so might you. And that's something you have to consider. Do you really want to bother playing the themes as we do? Or would you be better off just sitting in a benign market exposure? In which case, your only responsibility in my mind would be to avoid the precipitous moments and otherwise just sit. You can time the market, I believe. And we are not at the moment looking at all precipitous. So rather than holding seven ETFs as we do, you could just hold one. I am beginning to wonder about the US market. We've caught a fabulous rally in the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 in the last month or so. I do wonder whether it's going to run out of steam. Let's see what the CPI number does tonight. Henry's take today. He did independently of me talk about the St. Valentine's Day massacre when the Chicago police force lined up seven underworld bosses and shot them very publicly. No massacre overnight. Maybe we'll see one tonight. He also talks about the results season. He's written up car sales. He's reviewed bubs, which has not, has to be said, performed well. In fact, he calls it a dog. Still holding it. He also looks at chalice mining and, of course, talks about lithium. In the ideas section today, or not so much today, on Friday, we sold Seek G Gus and Aristocrat Leisure, all of which are up today. Actually, Seek's not. And 
I think that's appropriate. I, I do notice, and you should notice, that this ideas section reflects market momentum. When the market's going up, you will find that you are falling over yourself for the number of stocks that look like a buy, and it's the same here. And as the market pauses, as it has done, we start to take profits. So this ideas portfolio does rather reflect the enthusiasm for the market, and selling three of our holdings on Friday reflects a sort of pause in the market. Let's see if the CPI number can perk things up again and get us interested in buying a few things. I've put the track record of the ideas portfolio in the ideas and technical scan section. In the ideas and technical scan section, a few obvious observations. Our market is running out of momentum on the charts. The balance of oversold versus overbought stocks has shifted quite massively, actually. There are a heck of a lot more oversold stocks than there are overbought stocks now. As I said before, this section looks like an absolute blur of codes now because I'm putting them all in. It's actually very time consuming. I'm wondering whether I should keep doing that. But I have been putting the biggest market cap stocks at the top of the paragraph. So you can see the biggest stocks first, but the number of codes sort of gives you a feel for the market, whether a lot of things are oversold or overbought. And at the moment, as you'll see, there are a lot of RSI sell signals, almost no RSI buy signals. There are a lot of oversold stocks, much more than overbought stocks. And the Bollinger Band buy signals. These are stocks that dropped a lot in the short term. As I said before, this scan should probably be called shit stocks in the short term. Excuse my French. But Bollinger Band buy signals, there are usually two or three of them. There are a host of them at the moment. And I think this reflects results. So there are a lot of stocks that have dropped sharply in the short term and that are turning up on that scan. Right. Finally, I have written at the weekend about a friend of mine who's decided to take on the family finances and learn about the stock market. And her comments reflect those of a few emails I have had, one in particular from a lady who likened the newsletter to jumping on if you want to learn investment. She's had the newsletter recommended to her by an existing member. And she knows it's, as I keep calling it, education by osmosis. But she says it's like jumping on a running machine, which is already set at full speed. It just throws you straight off. What's an RSI? What's an ATR? Can't make head or tails of charts. Don't know what charts really are. And I'm beginning to realize that we really do need to get people jogging next to the newsletter before we ask them to jump on and start running. So I am answering a few questions. I've called them questions you were too scared to ask. And they come from a basic level. are aimed very much at beginners. And the first one I've answered today is this. I don't know what I'm doing. Why would I risk investing my own money? Great question. Why would you put your money in the hands of an utter amateur yourself? I've answered that question. And the reason why is not really a positive one. It's a negative one. It's because there are certain things in the industry that make people not trust the industry. One of them for me is the way industry funds try to nail my children for insurance. My kids don't need TPD insurance and life insurance, yet they sign up for some industry fund because they happen to work in a pub for a while and they end up paying $220 a month in TPD insurance, which is more than their super and it just wipes their balances out to zero. I just can't believe the industry keeps doing that. It should be opt-in, not opt-out as the default. Anyway, I hate the industry funds for doing that. And this is why people look after their own money because there are certain little elements of the finance industry which are sent to upset us and insurance in industry funds is one of them. Another 
one is financial planning. Do themselves no favours because of this, this one thing I think needs sorting out, which is that financial planners constantly try to get people on the hook for long-term investment advice when all they really want is to come and get some financial advice about their structure, their tax position, their exposure to life events. And instead, they end up being stuck in seven managed funds when they didn't really want that to start with. So I've written about that. So at every touch of the industry, people are getting upset that they're getting hoodwinked one way or another into things they don't really want to do, like paying insurance or having a fund manager, not a fund manager, a financial planner, look after their investments when they didn't really set out for that to happen. So the reason most people look after their own money is because they don't trust the industry and the industry could do a lot of things to help help with that. Little things like stop foisting insurance on a 19-year-old barmaid, for God's sake. And financial planners, uh, I tell you, as I say, someone should set up a financial planning firm that has a point of difference, which is we do not give investment advice. God, your compliance would be a whole lot better as well, wouldn't it? We only give financial advice. Anyway, the main reason people do look after their own money is because they don't trust the industry. There are all sorts of positive reasons to look after your own money as well, of course. And I bumped into an old stockbroker at the weekend, George. George I used to work with in 1994 when I first came to Melbourne. He was a director of the Carlton Football Club and gave me a ticket to the grand final that year, which is another story in itself. Thank you, George. Anyway, I bumped into George. He's now 83, I think he said. Sorry, George, if it was younger. And he looked a million dollars, vital, fit. And he had one piece of advice for me. He said, you're still writing that newsletter. I'm 61, of course. He said, are you still writing a newsletter? I go, yes, of course. And I said, I'll retire one day. And George said, Marcus, never stop. Keep using that brain and moving that body. And I think George is probably talking from experience of some of his fellow colleagues who at the age of 83, I dare say some of them are sitting in a chair and not doing a lot, whereas George is out and about, staying intellectually alert, playing golf, interacting with the markets and staying young. So there are all sorts of negatives which would drive you to look after your own money. But the main reason you should look after your own money is because you enjoy it because you enjoy yourself when you're doing it and anyone who has been around will know that you can turn managing your own investments into a social intellectual stimulating and if you can suss it very rewarding pastime so looking after your own investments goes beyond money yes you can achieve something financially beneficial out of it but if successful it will actually deliver a host of benefits that you can't quantify on a spreadsheet which is keeping the old gray matter moving Right, that's about it. Uh, Whilst I've been speaking to you, not much is going on. Market drifting away quietly, up 24. Dow futures down 31. Interest rate sensitive sectors doing the best today. Lots of results, very polarized reactions. Temple and Webster down 23% now. Watch out for results. Plenty more of those tomorrow. CPI number tonight. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh,